Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Omar Khan, uh, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, and, and, uh, Andy Weidel, um, the rest of the Steelers front office, as they look to put together a winning roster in 2023 and beyond a roster that we want to talk about competing for a seventh Lombardi trophy. So I don't know, I think there was some mix-ups with my show last week, but um. I think bad eventually we got that out there. Uh, it was hard while I was traveling. Hopefully for those of you that caught the show were, okay, were happy with it. Uh, we talked about the senior bowl that's happening this week. We talked about some defensive depth that the Steelers could get as well as some other depth on the roster, whether that was um, guys, no matter whether they were rounds one to seven. Um, but in this week's show, part one, we're going to cover off a few just general things kind of happening in the NFL at the moment that are worthy and noteworthy. Um and then in part two, we're going to look at two prospects, two defensive prospects in, I'll look at some offensive guys next week. Uh, but I think defense is really where the Steelers will be tooling up this draft. So I'm going to look at two guys, one guy's projected sort of second to fifth round. We'll be able to have him around the third and fourth in jail Skinner, um, safety out of Boise State. And then Drew Sanders as well. Uh, he is out of Arkansas, having also played at Alabama. So he's a linebacker. Um, so can you talk about those two guys? But first, yeah, I just want to make some, I guess there's some interesting general comments um, that, I, that I think are just one of the things that I'm hearing over the past sort of week or so. So I want to cover three of them. Number one, uh, it was cool to see Cameron, oh, so it's kind of four actually, uh, Cameron Haywood, Alex Highsmith making the Pro Bowl. Now, obviously Cam Haywood, pretty deserving as he came up there. Um, you know, I think there are other guys got selected in some of the AP players, players, um, and, and those sorts of things, it, you know, in the, the final season wrap-ups. And I thought that was kind of a bit average, really, um, that he wasn't included in some of those, you know, um, players association awards. However, he gets his play, um, Pro Bowl honor. I think Cam's been to the playoffs, uh, to the Pro Bowl now, I think it's nine times, um, or something like that. So, I mean, awesome for Cam. He's incredible player. He's part of this culture. He's the bedrock. He's the, the wily veteran um, for the Steelers. No, I, I lie. It's not nine times. It's only five times. Um, but once he gets that added to 2022, it'll be a six one. Um, so that's pretty cool from that perspective. Um, they call for Alex Highsmith to get in there. I talk about Alex Highsmith. I just want to, I just think as well, this is going to factor in his, to his contract negotiation. Good on him. Uh, I think that, you know, for him to get, you know, the amount of sacks he got into the double digits this year was just terrific. Um, so really excited um, for Alex Highsmith and doing that. And obviously, as I say, that, sh- that should play into um, his contract negotiations as well, which could happen, um, you know, as, as, as early as, you know, this offseason right before the season starts. Now, the next thing I wanted to cover off was the senior bowl. So obviously the senior bowl is happening, um, you know, by the time I record this on my Wednesday night, by the time it's happening, like, um, comes, goes to where it's like Wednesday for everyone else, um, in the US or anywhere else where you listen to this or it's post Wednesday. So senior bowl will be in full swing. So I'm going to more probably talk about that next week on the show. We're going to talk about some, you know, takeaways off the senior bowl. Uh, but I wanted to say, I thought it was interesting. Jim Nagy. Um, put up in a point was in the BTC Slack channel. Jim Nagy put up that um, it's kind of funny that there's all these stories about X Y Z player met with one of the 32 teams in the in in the NFL at the, at the Senior Bowl. 
Well, yes, of course they do. And so he was saying every single player will meet with every single team. So this isn't a story. And I kind of found that really quite funny because uh, most most players would. Like oh, scouts do their due diligence. I'm listening to a, a book on scouting at the moment. Um, and, you know, it's an audio book. It's terrific. Um, and I was listening to on that on the plane when um, over to Japan Um so it was kind of interesting to hear them talk about like how similar a lot of the scouts have, um, you know, the sort of the mindset, the, the grades, the approach. A lot of scouts is very, very similar. It was, it's actually by Neil Stratton. It's called Scout Speak um, and how they evaluate players and how much they're on the road. And so, of course, they're gonna, every, every team is going to, even including the Chiefs and the Eagles, is going to do their due diligence. Like they're just going to do their due diligence. Um you know, when it comes to the senior bowl. So I think it's kind of like, it was kind of interesting for Jim Nagy to come out about it. Obviously, you know, new sites and podcasts and stuff. We've got to, you know, and, and YouTube shows, you've got to sort of find out what's interesting to fans. And there are going to be some players that are more interesting than others. Um, I know I saw that the Steelers met with one of the tackles from Pittsburgh um, college, uh, you know, at the college. And, and what does that mean for Kenny Pickett? So, you know, as I said, take everything you hear out of the senior bowl, the grain of salt, um, I really care about how guys go in drills, how they go in the game, particularly some of the drills when you get like the defensive linemen on the O-line guys. I felt like that really separated second and fourth and fifth round guys last year. I thought that really both on both sides of the line. Um, and so that's what I'm really looking out for, uh, you know, in the senior bowl this week. And as I get across all of that as well. The next thing I wanted to cover off was the salary cap. So the salary cap has come out. It's been announced. It's moving from the 208 um, to 224.8 million. Uh, I want to make sure I get that completely correct. Uh, let's, yeah. So yeah, 20, 22 point, 20, yeah, 224.8 million. So just remembering for the Steelers, right now they have. 1 million, and I'm doing, you know, raising my hands for inverted commas, 1 million in cap space. I go off over the cap. I, I trust them more than um, spot rack. Um, but if you remember, like we did, a couple of weeks ago, I did that show where I talked about keep, cut, and consider. You restructure Cam Haywood, simple restructure. You cut Jackson. You trade Chabitsky. You cut with a spoon. You cut Gunner. And you've got 34 million in cap space. Plenty to get bring back, you know, uh, to to bring back Kazee, Ogunjobi, Edmonds, uh, Spillane, you know, maybe Stephen Sims, and go. Get, you're gonna have to get yourself a backup quarterback. Maybe I don't think Mason's out, but you know, we'll, we'll see. But really, like 34 million, like the Steelers have got cap. This is this is great for the Steelers. Um, obviously, it's not gone up a full uh, 10%, but it's gone up a pretty decent amount. Um, and, and I think you'll see a lot. I think the jump next year will be a lot higher than 16 million. I, I think the jump you're going to see next year will be like the best part of 20 million. Like it'll, it'll go our minimum of 18, 18. Uh, but I think so. So then you're hitting, um, you know, 242 million. I, I think it's going to be more like 204. Yeah. So 242. I think it could be anywhere 244, 246. Um, just with how big the NFL and how big a comeback season after COVID. Um, you know, that the, the, the league had this year. The other thing, um, so kind of on my fifth thing I want to talk about, which is kind of interesting, is compensatory picks. Now, 
I was going over the cap. I have the Steelers in mind as getting maybe one or two. Um, over the caps projecting right now, there is no one for the Steelers. Maybe I slipped, maybe it slipped my mind like through the season with a couple of different additions. Um, but they currently have no picks going to the Steelers. Um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. I mean, the Steelers did have a decent free agency and who the guys they brought in. Um, but maybe guys that didn't think that would work out. Uh, but that's going to be, that's been pretty interesting. The Steelers don't have one. I would, I would have thought the Steelers, I just had in my head that the Steelers would have one. And I think a lot of fans do because we have had them over the last few years. So um, I thought I'd just go alert guys to that as well, because this is where, again, trading back could be really helpful, particularly from that 30 second spot um, or the start of the second round. Okay, cool. Well, with that, we're going to take a break on Steel's Warring. Join me for part two. We're going to talk two player prospects in jail, Skinner and Drew Sanders, a safety and a linebacker. And we're back on Steel's War Room. I'm your host of this week, the show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the front office, in the war room, in the minds of everything going on in the Steel's front office as they prep for a really big 2023 season, prep for the draft, prep for free agency. That's what this show's about. Um, and so when I took a guy, I talked a little bit about last week. We're going to talk a bit about him in a bit more depth this week. And that's six foot four, 218 pounds safety out of Boise State, JL Skinner. Uh, he had four years at Boise State, so he finished his senior year. Uh, he's played safety all the way through. Obviously, big body, big athleticism um, as well. So we're going to look at him across stats. I've got for him on Pro Football References um, Sports Reference page. That's their college football one. Uh, the Draft Network's profile and even PFF. And so sort of get a sense of some of the grades and where different people evaluating are evaluating him. I will look at him again later in the draft process when Pro Football Network produced their draft guide. I always think that's a very interesting guide. Um, again, I think when they, he, I'm assuming NFL Tapeheads is going to be back for another year. That That's going to be really interesting to review how he goes um, in terms of some of their evaluations. And equally, after the senior bowl, does he make a name for himself there as well for good or bad reasons? So four years as a set of Boise State, Consistent production um, throughout each year. He probably had his best statistical year uh, in 2021, where he had uh, a total of 92 tackles, seven tackles for a loss, two interceptions. This year, uh, according to sports reference, he had four interceptions, 65 tackles, half a tackle for a loss. Um, And that was pretty cool because he actually had, he allowed minus one yard, minus one yard, um, from the, the defensive, sorry, yeah, no, defensive receptions. Well, he had minus one, yeah, we're backwards, but he had three pass defenses uh, in 2021 and five pass defenses in 2022, two forced fumbles in 2021. So, according to sports reference, he finished his career with 208 total tackles across four years, uh, playing in, uh, he played in, yeah, 38 games, um, nine and a half tackles for a loss, seven interceptions, 12 pass defense. Um, and two force fumbles. So pretty cool stats there uh, from JL Skinner. Now, if you look at the profile with the draft network, again, they highlight 
you know, as they highlight the fact he had four interceptions, they had six pass defenses in 2022, 35 tackles. Um, I think they've got that solo number in there. Um, but they talk, again, talk about his size. And so the top reasons they talk about to buy in on him are his incredible combo of height, weight, and athleticism, his motor, his physicality. I mean, he's, he's bigger than Terrell Edmonds, like in size and weight. Top reasons for concern, change of direction, man coverage value, scheme, and role specific. Like he's very scheme and role specific. They have him, Drive Network have him as a fourth round value with a 74 grade out of 100. Uh, they said an ideal role is a low hole, strong safety, cover three. Uh, they compare, no, they don't have a comparison for him yet. Um, now, this is interesting, I think, because I'm a fan of bringing back Terrell Edmonds. I just think you need depth there. I think you bring back Terrell Edmonds on a two to four year deal, somewhere in that mix, probably more like three to four. But there's a guy here that you probably want to develop. And if we want Minker and Terrell to be really healthy and we want to be able to mark up against the tight end sets that a lot of teams run and really want to develop, particularly once you see, you know, what, you know, the Patriots are trying to get back there. San, San Francisco 49 is doing it well. There are other teams that are really trying it too. I think the Bills would like to be able to do it better. The Ravens obviously do it in our division. Um, the Browns and Joku, we still just don't do well against Njoku. And I'm not the biggest you know, fan of Njoku in terms of rating his ability, but still is like, we don't do well against Njoku, um, at least the last couple of years anyway. Anyway, Jail Skinner was the starting safety for the Boise State Broncos. He was a consensus three-star recruit. He led it in multiple sports, including football, track and field, and basketball. He began... Um, receiving playing time as a freshman. He was a tone setter and leader for their defense. He clocked a personal record of 1130 and 100 meter dash, pretty quick for safety. Um, and so that sort of gives you an idea of his, you know, straight line speed and um, considering he was so he's six foot four and 218 pounds. They talk about his, in his profile, him having a rare frame um, and build at safety position. I think we've all covered that. Um, then his best working downhill is a low hole safety or rubber. In zone coverages, he can sit and squat on underneath routes with range to trigger downhill to close in on them if the quarterback makes a throw. He plays man-to-man as a big nickel dime defender. This is where I think he'd be huge value for the Steelers. More so against tight ends, Skinner plays off man with catch technique to square, make contact, and break with the receiving option. As a run defender, he's a physical striker that can deliver jarring hits to ball carriers. That's what we need. We need someone to knock the heck out of the, the ball, out of the heck, out of these um, opposing players' hands. He's willing to stick his face in the fire and run the alley and take running backs head on. I love that. I appreciate his ability to read from the second and third levels to locate the football. A great term to describe him is a hunter. Don't this we want. We want a ball hawk. Like we've got Minka. That's what he's got. But imagine pairing him with this guy. Then do Steelers get more into a left and right safety situation? Um, you know, this is versatility. The, the opposition would never know who's actually, you know, going to make that play. Um, he tracks the football in motion and works with urgency to get to the spot. He has arm lengths to stack blocks, peak and shed to make a play on the football. Skinner battles with being aggressive and patient while diagnosing play concepts. Their scout reckoned that he contributed to him playing fuel snaps at free safety and deeper in the box. Parts are, are moving faster visually to diagnose as they're developing. Skinner is a high-hipped and long-legged defender. This results in some transitional stiffness when having to change directions. Um, the scout believed that man did not believe that man coverage assignments versus receivers should be in play for Skinner. He does not possess the foot speed or change of direction skills to mirror receivers in man coverage. That's kind of interesting. So he's not the cornerback style safety. He's very traditional sort of safety here, um, strong safety. 
Skinner hops off the bus and garners attention off his size alone. He has stated that Cam Chancellor is his favorite safety of all time and he studies his game. Um, he could fill a similar role in a cover three defense, particularly. He's not an ideal candidate for a single high safety alignment. To get the most out of Skinner, a defensive coordinator must put him in advantageous situations to impact the both run on the pass games. I think Terrell Austin's capable of that. I have been a critic on when I do the show with Mark Davis, Mark Davison each week, still as touch down under. I've been a bit of a critic of Terrell Austin at times, but I think he could find a way to use him. Um, I think it's pretty interesting from that perspective. Let's say they've got him as a fourth round value at 74 out of 100. So he's probably on the verge of being third round. I think you've got to be 75 and higher with the draft network. Looking at the PFF scores for JL Skinner, uh, his defensive grade improved year over year. Uh, it was very close separation between 21 and 22. In 2019, he had a defensive grade of 66.3. In 2020, 57.2, uh, 75.1 in 2021, and 74.7 in 2022. His run defensive grade pretty much stayed steady between 65 and 72 throughout his whole um, career at Boise State. His tackle grade was in the 80s in 2021 and 2019. It was about 75 in 2022 and 66 in 2020. Um, now, you should say he played less than 400 snaps in 2020 and less than 100 snaps in 2019, but he played 716 snaps in 2021 and 618 in 2022. But where he had the biggest change his pass rush grade was the same as well in the 50s, but you know, he's a, he's a strong safety. Uh, particularly in college, you know, then they're, they're not they're not coming up like that. But his coverage grade really improved, right? Really improved as, as he got ready for the NFL. So he moved from an 80.2 to an 83.3 from 2021 to 2022. Now I think that's that's a pretty interesting one for me as well, because you know, yes, he had more interceptions um this year. He had four interceptions. Um, three PBUs or pass breakups. I like to call them pass defenses, but PFF uses um, PBUs. Uh, two interceptions in 2021 versus four PBUs. He allowed two TDs in 2021 and only one TD in 2022. He only allowed 176 yards at a 53.1% catch rate in 2022. He allowed 65.6% um, reception rate in 2021 and 309 yards. So he really became a much better pass defender. Um, now that was he did line up um, 346 times in the box in 2022, 304 times in 2021. So a lot more box play. He lined up on the D line twice as much with 14 plays versus seven in 2021. In 2022, he lined up at free safety much less. So they looked at him at free safety in 2021. He played almost 300 snaps there with 294. But in this year in 2022 the 2022 college season, he played 128 at free safety, but he played way more in the slot. Um, So he had 115 snaps in the slot and 14 at corner. Again, 14 at corner was double 2021. So they really tried to use him as a pass defender and he did a lot better this year. Um, I think that's a really interesting thing for the Steelers. I know the draft network talked about him not being that deep free safety, but he's definitely improved his coverage, you know, um, capabilities. So again, really interested to see how he puts that into practice this week at the senior bowl. Um, I did read that he was definitely going down there. So that's great. Um, but, you know, you've got a really interesting safety here. I mean, I, I struggled to think he's going in the fourth. I think I think he's going in the second or third. Um, he's rated the 78th best prospect uh, overall in the draft, according to the draft network, which is kind of interesting too, because like 
give you an idea, B. John Robinson's three, Jalen Carter two, Will Anderson one, Miles Murphy four, Christian Gonzalez six, Bryce Wilson, Bryce Young, sorry, seven, CJ Stroud eight, Brian Brucey nine, Michael Mayer ten. So it's not where they're going to get picked. It's the best prospects overall in terms of how they're going to contribute to your team. Uh, Joey Porter is ranked 13th. Give you an idea. Um, because I know a lot of people have linked Joey Porter, obviously, with the Steelers for obvious reasons. So, yeah, that's Jay Skinner. I, I just think I really like him as a prospect. I What I don't like is I could see some of the other AFC North teams looking at a guy like Jay Skinner, and that really, really sucked for me, uh, particularly because I've seen several draft uh, crushes or draft prospects I really like go to other teams in the AFC North over the last couple of years, and I really don't like it. <laughs> so hopefully we don't start with Jay Skinner. I hope he's got a he comes around in the black and gold. If he does, I think he's a Steelers player. If he does on draft day, you can say Matty Peverell told you so. Um, I yeah, I'm, I think he's he's the right guy. He's a value guy. Steelers don't mind guys out of you know the absolute top schools. That what thing about Mike Tomlin and what he loved to do with a guy like this with freak you know size and weight, particularly if they don't bring back Terrell Evans. But even if they do, this is a guy that just gives you that versatility, gives you that big bopper. Um, for the AFC, the AFC North, and against the top teams in the NFC that are also using really big, you know, big dual threat running back wide receivers, big, you know, um, especially when you get into space, big tight ends, um, you know, big wide receivers like T. Higgins. This is the sort of guy who goes up against the T. Higgins of the Bengals. It's a guy that can help us against Mark Andrews. This is what we want. Um, so, yeah, he's going to have to – the thing is, he can end up in the second round very quickly if he has a massive pro day and combine, uh, particularly if he can get in there at below 4.55. People are going to be wow on JL Skinner. Um, so, yeah, we're going to move on to our next prospect in this week's show. That's Drew Sanders. Now, Drew Sanders is a linebacker out of the who's out, you know, went to uh, attended school at Arkansas. He's an Arkansas Razorback. Going to do what we did with JL Skinner. Let's start with sports reference first on stats. He played three years, so he's coming out as a junior, so he's pretty young. But the linebacker class isn't particularly great uh, this year in the NFL draft. It's not that there's bad players, it's just not probably great in terms of depth. Now, Drew Sanders is ranked, Draft Network have him ranked 41 out of all prospects. Behind Henry Toto um, at linebacker at number 39. I don't think there's a linebacker before that in. Well, Nolan Smith's on the edge. Yeah, so I don't think there's a... They've got Trenton Sampson, but I thought he was... I had him in my head as an edge. Yeah, he's a hybrid defender. Coverage. I have him as nickel linebacker. Yeah, so again... I. You know, I, there's only a couple of guys basically ahead of him. He's he's cho- choosing to go now. I think it's a smart move. I actually really think it's a smart move. And in a year where, you know, a good combine draft process will get you into the top two rounds, I think I think it's a really smart thing um, from from him there. So looking at Drew Sanders, uh, so say he's a junior, so he only played three years, obviously. He's only played in 27 college games um, in the regular season. So he played six. He, he was at Alabama. Um, for two years and then moved over to Arkansas, wasn't getting a lot of game time, had nine tackles in 2020, and they had 24 in 2021. But he had 103 this year for Arkansas, um, 63 assist, 40 solo. He had nine and a half sacks, nine and a half sacks for Arkansas, had one sack the year before at Bama. Uh, he has five pass defenses this year, 
Uh, he had two in 2021 and three forced fumbles. So think about this guy. He had 103 tackles. His production, production, production. Steals like production. That's what they liked about a guy like Quincy Roche. That's what I liked about Pickens, even though Pickens had had time injured and he was young. His yards per average in college was way over 14 and a half each year in, year out. The Steelers like production. Um, he is play- and he's a tackler in the SEC. He's gone up against the top teams. 103 combined tackles, 13 and a half for a loss, nine and a half sacks, one interception, five force fum- five pass defenses, three force fumbles, one fumble recovery. This is a guy you want to bring into the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you think about that 30-second pick in the draft. You think about the four picks in the top 50. You know, uh, like, this is this is a guy. This is a guy. I know I've said 32, uh, you know, could be, um, you know, Toto. But I, I don't know. Like, I like this guy if he starts slipping. Really like this guy. Particularly, I think, pick 49. I don't think he'll be there at pick 80. So pick 49 could be really interesting if he's sitting there, particularly if they've already taken a tackle or a corner. Um, yeah, um, Drew Sanders, mark him on your list. And I think he's going to have a really big combine. I really do. Six for five, 230-pound guy. Now that's sports reference. Let's sort of see where the draft network and PFF are pitting him in terms of size. Um, obviously, he's not the senior bowl because he was junior. But yeah, I think this is a guy who's going to... Really, really interesting. Um, I'm going to start watching some film on him too, because to me, this is a bit like a Chad Moomer sort of player that you really want to go out and grab in this year's draft. All right. So, according to the draft network, I told you they ranked him as the 41, 41st best player in the draft. Top three reasons to buy in, and then we'll explore these further. Tremendous ceiling after 2020 transi- 2022 transitioned off the wall linebacker. Length and fluidity are a rare combination of athletic traits. He's an excellent third down value as a pass rusher. Room to add mass to his frame. Needs to develop as a run defender in the box. Functional strength at the point of attack is a work in progress. Man-to-man coverage skills for TBD. Okay, fine. He's going to develop those. Weight, 230 pounds, 65. That's what they've got him. They said his ideal role is a Mike linebacker, odd front, gap control defense. They compare him to a Zach Cunningham. They have an 82.5 on him for second round value. Again. 49 at pick 49. This guy's on the board. You go grab him again. Though, again, a good combine, you know, a good pro day. He might rise up. So, anyway, let's look at it from this perspective. So, uh, in terms of his profile with the draft network, and he's run by Kyle Krabs, and Kyle Krabs does pretty good safety linebacker um, profiles. And you know, from what I've, what I've seen so far, so Arkansas linebacker Drew Sanders projects a survival three down linebacker at the NFL level. His fluidity and size is, is surprising and allows him to play a dynamic brand of football that will allow him to cover depth in the middle of the field and defend laterally against horizontal speed as well. Also, I gotta pause it. Can you imagine this guy with Terrell Edmonds, with Minka Fitzpatrick, um, you know, with a Mark Robinson, Spillane, even a Miles Jack in his first year? Like, I, I'm loving the speed and size in this defense. Anyway, uh, he's originally a five-star recruit. He committed to the Alabama Crimson Tide as an edge defender after an illustrious high school career at Ryan High School in Denton, Texas. Sanders was a multi-position athlete at Ryan, credited with snaps at QB, tight end, wide receiver, and multiple spots on defense. He settled into a special teams and rotational role for the Crimson Tide as a freshman in 2020, so not afraid to own his stripes, and was given an opportunity to start on the edge in 2021 for several games before an injury limited his play down the stretch. He then transferred to Arkansas, where he converted from an edge to an off-the-ball linebacker. Love that. And I'm getting a little bit of a Terrell, uh, Terrain Edmonds vibe to him, too. Um, 
Asandis exhibits a number of desirable qualities for playing linebacker in the NFL. The first thing that stands out is fluidity of his stature, which pops when he's looking to fill and fit gaps in the run game or when he's open to gaining depth and takeaway throwing windows in the middle of the field. Sanders can be walked up, can walk up on the line of scrimmage or alternatively be stacked behind linemen, and there's little case for doubt that it'll hit landmarks against either outside run or zone coverage. That paired with his length gives him notable area of influence and allows him to make a significant number of plays. His initial read step and conversion to pursuit offer potent explosiveness and give him pace to beat blockers in, a sp- in space to the football. And that first step shows up in passing games as well, as his prior experience in Alabama has bred him to gain ground and threaten vertically off the edge. And yet there's also a trust in his athleticism that is rare beyond his experience at the position. Sanders is willing to... S- I, I like that. The trust in his athleticism that is rare beyond his experience at the position. I think that's really interesting when you think about a Chad Moomer. He did the same thing, but Sanders, from what I've seen, very limited, but I'm keen to sort of find out more is, I think he's faster. I think he's much faster. I think he's more Devin Lloyd than he is, um, you know, Chad Moomer, but but we'll see. And yet, uh, so Sanders is willing to slow play reps and ensure he's dialed on the, on the action on the play before triggering and will still greet ball carries at effective pace. As a tackler, he's explosive and offers potent hitting power when he catches ball carries at a flush set of pads. He also has length and reach to extend and play outside of his tackle radius as well. I mean, the 6-5, he does, totally. Um, and yet, amid strong play, there's still room to grow. Love that bit. As Mike Thomas says, their job is to continue to develop players no matter when they're brought in. Sanders is a bit angular and undersized if he were to live on the edge, and his size as an interior stack linebacker could present leverage challenges to stay under blockers who climb up into his lap. Yeah, I think he's probably got 10 to 12 pounds he could put on his body. Six foot five, he shouldn't lose too much speed, especially because of his stride. And that's what that's the thing about these guys. It's not even just the raw explosiveness. It's, it, at six five, it's just stride. You're just going to cover more ground than other people if you can get two or three steps. Sanders will need to prove himself as an athlete with a frame and sustained athleticism with some more density to offer a vast menu of options to NFL teams. Love options. He pro- his processing on run plays can continue to expedite as well. His weakness is understandable given his lack of playing time off the ball at SEC level beyond 2022. And finally, as a fit player in the box, you're hoping to see more separation and block to deconstruction in high traffic areas in order to see him uncover and make more tackles off of contact. Expectations of Sanders should be tempered early, given his lack of playing experience on the second level, but the athleticism is highly enticing and paints the picture of a talent who could be a staple on the depth chart for years to come. Successful defenses have dynamic athletes to cover the middle of the field. That's what he can be as he continues to grow in this role and become a more well-rounded player against the run. I mean, I think you pair him behind Spillane and Jack next year because Bush is gone. This is This guy, like, he'll take... Spillane's role, or he'll take over from Miles Jack. Um, bye bye, Miles Jack in 2024. This is your guy. Like this, Steelers could really find a guy here. Really find a guy. Now, looking over to PFF before we round out the show. So, PFF had him also steadily improving in grades. Um, so, in 2020, he had a 28.8 defensive grade, he had a 62.7 in 2021, and a 77.9 in 2022. His run defense grade was highest in 2022 with 70.8. His tackle grade was 57.2. Um, it was much higher in 2020, but I don't think we can really statistically compare those when he played 52 snaps in 2020 and 846 snaps in 2022. His pass rush grade was 75.3. I mean, obviously, he, he almost had double-digit sacks. That makes sense. Um, they have him at 11 sacks. But um, where PFF gets it wrong is they don't do half sacks. Um 
And then coverage grade was 74.4, which was his highest of his career. That's fantastic. Um, missed tackles, they have him at 19.6%. So that's a little bit high. Um, they have him at 63 tackles uh, for the for the season. They have him at three quarterback hits, 25 hurries. Um, I think the batter balls, they have him from a quarterback. They had him at uh, 25 there. Uh, just to make sure I got that one right. Yeah, batter passes. Yep, 25. And then uh, 25 hurries, two batter passes. He hasn't seen 25 batter passes. Incredible. Um, he had uh, 43 stop tackles. He allowed 20, 22 receptions and 27 targets for 81.5%, 238 yards, average of 10. Not too bad. Yak of 211, a long of 43. He had one interception, two pass breakups, an NFL they had him as an NFL rating of 88.0. Um, I don't like, though, when PFF does these because I don't think it means anything. Oh, no, sorry, I like It's NFL passer rating against. Jeez, they've got to label that better. It's usually NFL QB. Anyway, he landed of 88. He lined up in the box 710 times on the defensive line 108 times and slot 26 times. Uh, so you can see he's definitely a consistent performer. His best game was against South Carolina, I think, overall. Um, in 2022, he also had a really good game against Ole Miss and Auburn. His worst game was against Texas A&M. Uh, he didn't have a too great a game against LSU, um, but he had a pretty good game against his you know previous school in Alabama. Um, so and he was and he lined up everywhere at right inside linebacker um, as well. So they have him at slightly bigger than uh, the draft network and. Sports reference, that's Pro Football References College um, site. They have him at 232 pounds. As I said, I think he's, you know, in the NFL, he's playing weights 240 to 246. Um, so, yeah, Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. Have him on your, have him, keep a watch out for him as, through the draft process. I think this is a guy, as I say, Steelers. I, I'd be surprised if they hit him at 32. So if they went to go tackle or corner first, then they'll probably go O line with the other, you know, vice versa with those picks. But if he's there at 49, this is a guy. So with that, we're going to close out this week's Steel's War Room. Thanks for listening as always. We'll be back next week to talk about everything Senior Bowl. Uh, and I know it seems odd to say when we've got the week of the, Super, of the Pro Bowl and then again becomes Super Bowl. But as always, go Steelers. Like, go Steelers. Get it going in the offseason. Get us going for 2023.